Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. In reality, to love someone is to hold their personhood as valuable and separate it that I can hold the weight or merit of what is being said separately from who they are. But right now in our culture, we have people that are misinformed by this, what's called a cultural zeitgeist. It just means this cultural phenomenon that to love me is to agree with me. And that's not wisdom. <laughs> in any capacity, right? Like if you tell me I'm an elephant and I say, no, I'm not, that doesn't mean we now need to fight and have a disagreement with each other. What it means is I can go, okay, I hear you. I would like to know more. I'm curious. Can you help unpack that for me? And I reserve the right to not agree without dishonoring you or disrespecting you, but just holding things open-handed so that we can hear from one another and grow in conversation and dialogue. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And we're on a series of navigating through a season where we're going to be around a lot of people. Whether it's the holidays or summer or whatever time you end up listening to this right now, we are full blown into the Christmas season, which means we will have Christmas as opportunities to practice how do we engage in relationship without allowing ourselves to go into division. Easier said than done. Because every human, especially since 2020, now has strongly held beliefs. And then there's a protector part of us that steps in and wants to make sure our belief is not squashed, that we are not taken for granted, that what we think is held is important to the other person. And we've come into a cultural misnomer that to love me and accept me means to accept what I say. And that's not accurate. That's never been accurate. In reality, to love someone is to hold their personhood as valuable and separate it that I can hold the weight or merit of what is being said separately from who they are. But right now in our culture, we have people that are misinformed by this, what's called a cultural zeitgeist. It just means this cultural phenomenon that to love me is to agree with me. And that's not wisdom. <laughs> in any capacity, right? Like if you tell me I'm an elephant and I say, no, I'm not, that doesn't mean we now need to fight and have a disagreement with each other. What it means is I can go, okay, I hear you. I would like to know more. I'm curious. Can you help unpack that for me? And I reserve the right to not agree without dishonoring you or disrespecting you, but just holding things open-handed so that we can hear from one another and grow in conversation and dialogue. There are moments where you're going to be sitting with someone and let's say it's a family member or a friend, it's a gathering of some sort, and they're going to say or do something that gets under your skin. It might be one of those sacred cow type conversations that you're like, I can't believe they just said that. I am on the other side of whatever that fence is. In that moment, you have a choice. The protector part of you is your soul and your soul will step in and either cause you to walk away, shut down, not talk to them the rest of the night and or fight. Well, that's not true. And here's facts and here's information. And I'm going to now try to proselytize you to whatever view, political or spiritual or family or societal, whatever it is, 
you are now getting baited into a conflict of division. There is a way to steward a moment like that, that you can kind of in your imagination, step outside, don't make it about you just because it's something that's really precious that maybe you fight for. Maybe that's even your career or your nonprofit. What you live for is this topic. But if you could step outside and know that it's honey, it's kindness, it's love and equity of relationship that actually you can have far more influence. But if you categorize this person as, oh, you're one of them, once you make someone of them, you've now dehumanized them. And it's the same thing Hitler and the Nazis did, right? That you take the humanity out of a people group and you make them a them. You make them into a category and a big stereotype. And when someone's a stereotype, I feel permission unconsciously to attack them, even in my mind. Some of us are very lovely and gracious, and we would never say these things outside, but to harden your heart and allow getting baited into offense is falling prey to a dynamic that the enemy is trying to sow discord in your relationship. You don't realize it and they don't realize it. And usually it's not on purpose on anyone's account, but yet this, this effort to try to pit people against each other is at play and you can participate and you can get hooked into that. Or again, you can step to the side and go, I wonder what's going on here. I wonder what the larger theme is. And I wonder what it would look like to not partner with that. And as you do, you can now say, okay, Lord, show me their humanity. Show me the motivation. For instance, when I was really young in college, I came home indoctrinated from a lot of beliefs that I was hearing in college. And my parents graciously listened to me. And I said, nonsense. I said very offensive things to my parents. Like I hate white people. I hate men. I hate business owners because that was the indoctrination I was learning in my sociology class at the time. I had mentors and all these people I look up to in college that are telling me these things. And I am believing everyone because I have mercy. And my gift of mercy is compassion and understanding and validation. And the way the conversation was presented is everyone who doesn't agree with this is bad. And so I come home, I had swallowed all of those beliefs without actually thinking through them for myself, because that's what 18 year olds do. And so I'm now espousing that to my parents. Now, just put yourself in my parents' shoes. <laughs> they are paying for this very expensive private education of their daughter, who my dad is male, business owner, and white, and he is being told that he is the devil. He is the bad guy in society. And for my parents to graciously love me, they interceded in their heart. They did not combat face-to-face. They heard me through the lens of relationship rather than trying to correct me or uh, get baited in to the conflict I was actually bringing into the family, right? Like we're sitting at Christmas dinner and I'm coming up with all these socialist types ideas, having no idea that I was being indoctrinated into socialism because no one told me that's what it was. I was just listening to these magnificent professors that I looked up to. 
And so instead of getting baited, my family continued to look at me with eyes of love and respect and care, and they didn't engage in the conversation. They would say something pleasant like, oh, well, thank you for sharing, or that's interesting. I'm curious if there might be other sides to that conversation. I'm wondering, blah, blah, blah. So just by being neutral, pleasant, but also just a little hint of curiosity, if there might be another perspective, they were able to help me have, I had to wrestle with the fact that I was told this is the category, the them who are bad and don't listen and don't care. And yet they're honoring me and treating me with respect, even though I'm younger, I'm the child in that situation, the 18 year old. And they were honoring, they were loving, they created space for me. And as I shared and espoused these dumb ideas, just that kind word that turns away wrath while I was being attacking and intense, it was like they were just learning how to hold that and just introduce a little bit of curiosity that then I had to sit with and I had to wrestle with. If they baited back and we just talked topic to topic, politic to politic or whatever, that would have uh, actually entrenched my beliefs. But the corrective experience of being treated with respect and value, they didn't agree with me. Not one time did they say, yes, we agree. But they also didn't say, well, that's dumb. Where are you learning all that crap? They didn't say anything that discredited or made me or my, at that time, heroes sound dumb, but they just offered a little bit of curiosity. I'm wondering where you're getting those facts from. I would love to hear more about the sources of that information. I'm wondering if there's other opinions or polls out there, and that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't heard that one before. I wonder if there may be other perspectives. By just putting that little bit of curiosity without uh, engaging in the fight, that was the percolating that then caused me to start wondering. And I looked at the contrast. I went back to university where this very dominant, assertive narrative was being espoused. And I started looking at their lives. That when people didn't agree with them, they were intense and violent and felt permission to attack and criticize the personhood. But then I went back to my family and I could see that the people I was told are bad, villainous, capitalist, fascist, you know, those people were respectful. They were honoring they were creating jobs in the community. They were sharing all their resources. They were secretly helping people pay their rent and get their cars fixed that nobody knew about. And so seeing the relational equity, seeing how they lived their lives provided such a contrast that this community that was indoctrinating me did not live that life. They had all the right things to say, but I watched how irritated and angry and dismissive and critical they got with anyone who disagreed. While I watched my parents and other people at home that were mentors, and I could see the kindness, the genuineness, the respect, and through that relational equity, I could now see the contrast that words puff up, but love builds up. And I saw that through relationship, this is the camp that I identify more with. And I started to explore for myself. I don't want to just believe what my parents say, but I also don't want to just believe what society and culture and university tells me. 
I want to learn how to think for myself. And I don't think I would have done that if my parents would have shot back all their political opinions and we would have had debates about the news and who's right and who's wrong. Their approach was far more seasoned with wisdom. It was not loud. It was not puffed up. It was not grandiose. They didn't get hooked in to the debate, but they lived their life with integrity. And by watching the respect the hidden things of how they loved and served people through their business, through their sphere of influence, through their positions of leadership, that I could say, that's the kind of life that I want. That's the legacy I want. Not just loud words that criticize everyone else, but what are you doing to help? But really people that live in a way that draws out the beauty and the gold in others. Having that contrast rather than somebody debating me and fighting me really won my heart over. So I would encourage you, you're going to be around family, friends, friends of family, all kinds of people that will have some kind of a strong opinion about something. And many times it'll be that sacred cow thing that you're passionate about. Be aware. Are you getting baited into arguing and fighting points or are you walking the rare road of humility? The unsung wisdom of loving someone, seeing them with respect and dignity, valuing them and what they say, helping them feel cared about and maybe just introducing a little bit of curiosity. You don't have to agree you don't have to uh, sign off and say, yes, that's a good belief, but you also don't have to humiliate them, shut them down and try to win the debate because you won't win their heart. They'll just dislike you. They may feel shut down and they get quiet because they don't have a rebuttal, but man, they do not like you and you've not won them over to your side. It's far better to do that humble, slow, gracious road and I'm evidence of that, of people who loved me in the process, honored me, didn't say what I was saying was stupid or who are these people that would say that. They showed interest and then they invited curiosity to teach me how to start thinking for myself. And that actually wins people's hearts over. And I know that you have that in you. That you are wise, that when you notice yourself getting triggered and it's a passion point or topic, take a minute and breathe. I've even found this helpful as I'll picture two bodyguards on the inside. And I'm like, soul, stand down, stand down. <laughs> I know you have a strong opinion about this, right? Spirit, you lead Holy Spirit. What do you want to say right now? How do you want me to be life and love and dignity and honor right now? Help me to put on the nature and character of Christ. Help me love this person to win them over is the long-term goal, not just to debate and argue and feel really intense and strongly about how I need to convince you because that's the flesh. That's pride. That's the soul. When we have our bodyguards stand down is, I know it's an important topic to you, but when you can let your spirit lead, you can say just this gentle nugget 
your facial expressions can show them you're not like whatever stereotype they've been told that people can see you and relate with you differently. And it plants seeds that then the Lord can water down the road. You may not see the transformation in the moment, but you've now planted something. He can send someone else to water. And then later there can be harvest and huge transformation, but that's the long-term victory, which takes wisdom to humble ourselves, to walk in love, to ask Jesus, help me partner with you to release the kingdom. What do you want to do in this conversation rather than getting baited into conflict and disagreement where then you've literally shut down the opportunity for that person to receive from you. So I know that you're going to be around people. Things are going to be said, facial expressions, tones, disrespect, all kinds of things are going to happen. And in that moment, you have a decision. Do you let your bodyguard take over or shut down? Or do you open up and let the spirit lead and trust the little seeds of respect, honor, dignity, and curiosity in the long run will do far greater investment in that person and in the longitudinal value of that relationship because you're keeping the door open even though you may not agree with them, you're still keeping mutual respect, which that rapport helps you have access for future conversations when they're ready for it in the future. I hope you have fantastic holidays, that you learn how to just be loved so that you can give love and that your holiday conversations are really sweet and infused with his grace. Love you guys. Bye.